Hey everyone, this is Posty Posterson, and I've got another super deluxe special edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast for you. In case you're just joining us with these, these super deluxe shows are a little different than the regular podcast. Um, I'll take an episode that recently aired, I'll layer in some extra sound effects, sometimes a bit of music uh, to make them super deluxe special edition versions. Scoots releases those as a little bonus extra way to say thanks to all of you who support the podcast as patrons. So I always say it at the top here, thank you so much. Your support helps Scoots to make this show, helps everyone who works on it uh, continue to work on it. It means a lot. Okay, let's hop into another Super Deluxe Special Edition. edition. I thought we could all use a little extra vacation. Um, it's, it's been a funny year and vacation would be super nice. <laughs> so if you'll humor me, one thing I've always wanted to do, which I haven't had the chance to do quite yet, is um, to go to Iceland where they have those warm uh, natural hot springs. I'd like to just sit in a hot spring. Feel the water bubbling around me. Look out at the beautiful Icelandic landscape. Let me just rest my eyes for a second. Have a scooter and tell me a story. And with any luck, fit in a nap. I really hope this can help you get some sleep. Thanks again. And good night, everybody. It's uh, Scoots here, and I'm just going to turn the mic over. This is our episodically modular, serialized series that you could listen to in any order. And the reason you can listen to it in any order is because our host, uh, 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 Emma Otter, is going to run through everything you need to know. Uh, because that's uh, she, she's been doing that. I said, I, f- I can't believe I found these tapes uh, that are perfectly ready for episodically modular recording. 
So that's pretty cool. So without further ado, oh, this is the name of the series is Otter Things, O-T-T-E-R uh, Things. And it's hosted by uh, one Emma Otter. Uh, take it away, Emma. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Emma Otter. I wanted to say Emma Otter reporting, which I kind of am doing. But this is a bit more like a personal... Well, I'm talking just to you, the one you're listening to this story. It's a tale of some odd things that happened in our community. I, Emma Otter, live in a place, a swamp, uh, a swamp-based community, you know, in a swamp, part of a greater swamp area, region, and we're all swamp-based beings, or, uh, I don't know, I think a scientist would say that. You're a swamp-based being, Emma. It's a Emma Otter. I'm also a part of my family, then I'm part of a community, and I'm a lot more than those things. But sure, you could say that I would agree with you, because I'm a being based in a swamp. And we're also beings based in a swamp, based in a larger swamp. Um, You might technically say it's one big swamp, but not to us, uh, because of course there's other communities in the swamp, bigger towns, and at River Bottom you'd say is a small city. So on three sides of our community, because we're right up against the border, three sides there's swamps uh, as far further than the eye can see. But on one side of our town, it's bisected by a road, and beyond that is a place beyond the swamp where no one goes, uh, we're supposed to go. It's actually, it's bisected by a road that's raised up out of the swamp. Uh, and then there's a more swamp on the other side, but it's just a part of the swamp we don't go to. And it, you know, it behaves differently because the road is there, interrupting the natural flow of the swamp. Um, but our community and the road has been there for so long that it's just normal to us. We don't even, I don't even really know much about it, other than we don't go on the road or to the place beyond the swamp. We'll look at it. And sometimes there's mysterious vehicles on the road, but none of that is important right now because I'm here to tell you what odd things happened. Now, I'm Emma. I live with my family. My brother, Tefe, is in high school. I'm in middle school. I want to do this a little bit more efficiently, catching you up. I have uh, some friends, uh, Willow, Vaughn, and LJ, and a new friend, Billy. My brother, Tefe, is in the same class as Willow's sister, Dari, in high school. We're all in middle school. Uh, Okay, so that's... uh, Okay, so... Let me tell you what odd thing happened. We play a game, a role-playing game, called Bards and Big Bunnies. And one night after our game, everyone went home. We played it at my house, Vaughn, LJ, and Willow. Willow took a road less traveled, and we thought she moved away to start her music career. And there was clues left that led us to believe she did move to Riverbottom recorded an album. It was an album that had a lot of goofs on our town. And you, like of me, I thought she was one of my best friends. Uh, and so that was it. And uh, we were all sad, but we didn't necessarily believe it. We said, maybe, what if, 
uh, Emma, or what if Willow, uh, Emma, as my friend said to me, what if Willow didn't, uh, what if Willow took a path less taken somewhere, like in a goose chase or something else, like in a game of Big Bards and Big Bunnies. While we were looking for uh, Willow, we met Billy, a duck-billed beaver, who had come from the place beyond the swamp, the visitor center, through the tunnel, I think through the tunnel, actually, we never asked, did we ask her? I don't know. And Billy had been living in the place beyond the swamp, and Billy also had superpowers or magic powers or powers of the psychic powers, where she could do this throat singing, and uh, it would cause different things, like cause you to freeze, or touch your nose, or run away, different things like that. So that was happening, and we said, okay. And then we thought we could use Billy's powers to find Willow. But LJ, our friend LJ said, why are we messing with this Billy person when we could be, we should just be looking for Willow? Which was like a legitimate thing. But we said, no, she's got powers and she's nice. Uh, let's just uh, like, uh, let's let's work together. But then recently we, we set out using, um, uh, tuning forks, electromagnetic tuning forks, to find the sympathetic vibration, which we believed led to the place beyond the swamp, where, where or what we thought it would lead, where Willow was. But it, it really, Billy was scrambling it. So then LJ got very displeased with Billy and said so with strong words. And then Billy used her powers to make uh, LJ run away. Then we used strong words with uh, Willow to say that's not okay. And then, or with uh, Billy, I'm sorry. And then Billy ran away, or we like we kind of shamed Billy a little bit. Okay, so that's what's going on with me. I'll pick that up. I went home. It was evening. Meanwhile, Dari and Tefe also, over a course of time, came to believe that. Uh, Willow's album was not real, and Willow was someplace beyond the swamp. They discovered a big goose bunny uh, that uh, was living somewhere underground and had a nursery, also a place, a playhouse, a giant playhouse version of our town because this bunny's big and a goose bunny. And also a nursery where uh, the big goose bunny may be keeping, we don't know this, uh, Willow and uh, Dari's friend Babs, uh, the, the, in, in like singing to them and treating them like they were babies or dolls. Some of this is a leap in logic, but I want to fill you in on everything because you would, if you, you know, you're getting a chance to put that leap in logic. So they're still searching, but they had discovered that a lot of that uh, recently. Meanwhile, the head of our community resource team, Bull, Leon the Bullfrog, we call Leon or Bull, well, we call him uh, Mr. 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 Community Resource Officer, and Willow's mom, Francis, have been looking for Willow. And they've had quite a journey thinking, okay, Willow's gone, Willow's not gone, Willow did record an album, Willow didn't record an album. 
I know my daughter wouldn't do that, except that your daughter would. Back and forth, you know, with everybody involved. They have eventually re realized uh, by, like, uh, deduction, inference, uh, like, investigation, something odd is going on at the place beyond the swamp involving Willow. So that's really where we are. And I can kind of, kind of catch up on where everybody is currently. So the place beyond the swamp is actually a laboratory run by a fox named Max Modine. And they are looking for Billy and trying to figure out where Billy is. So that's what's happening there. And also, uh, they're doing something else, obviously. Uh, LJ is at home not speaking to me or Billy or Vaughn. Willow has gone off on her own and is uh, w was sleeping. Uh, I guess you could tell you where I, I where I've been and where everything that's going on. So I went home after the whole build. We couldn't find Billy, so we went home. Vaughn went to Vaughn's house. I went to my house, and I was seriously frowny faced because. Uh, he said, where, like, with my friends don't get along, I couldn't manage it, then I lost my, t you know, top a little bit and yelled at uh, Billy, who's, you know, not from around here, so how's Billy supposed to know? Or who does define, you know, what behavior is allowable with superpowers? So there's that, and so I kind of like was looking at the uh, blanket fort where we had Billy sleeping in my basement, and I was frowny facing, also kicking some pillows, and you know just just not happy. And let's see, uh, Francis and Bull had headed to the library in the morning, of course. Uh, and they were going to look into some things. I think that's everybody. Dari and uh, Dari and uh, Tefe, they've been on their own adventure, which I think we should you should be pretty caught up on. Uh, they're actually, yeah, I kind of went through all that in the last recording I made, just because I had all those notes prepared. So let's start at the lab or the place beyond the swamp, the visitor center. Doctor Max Modine in a team of larger, the like larger swamp area community resource team, which is just a, like, like a misuse of words uh, because they don't necessarily believe in soft power. They believe that power is uh, something that's powerful. And Billy's tied in that some way. And they also believe in D-E-C-E-P-T-I-O-N. So they've been trying to track down Billy by listening in to everybody's conversations because they have like way, they have these big ways of collecting sound. But they decided to take a more active thing, and and they posed as this group that comes town to town that's against bards and big bunnies. Um, and sometimes there's even reporters from River Bottom or Henson Town or other places. And there's this one, uh, uh, like, uh, reporter, G Gerald, all, Ger Ger Gerald, uh, and Gerald, uh, we thought was, up until, and I, get, I don't mean to spoil this for you, we thought was a reporter, really works for the Greater Larger Swamp Authority or something. 
and also Gerald were like we thought Gerald was independent of this group of concerned parents about birds and big bunnies. Uh, it's like C concerned a C A cap. Uh, I think capabas is what they're called. Or, but uh, and they go around saying to parents in different towns that go. They say the same thing about comic books and music though. They say, do you know that children that play bards and big bunnies believe in supernatural powers uh, beyond our understanding, and that it's a you know it's a game teaching? And they say, well, my kids seem pretty resilient. That play, like it teaches them resilience, right? Oh no, no, the wrong kind of resilience. My parents definitely didn't go for it because they had come a couple years ago. And they say, my parents said, well, teach them problem solving and uh, performance and creative, creative problem solving, uh, math, uh, uh, you know, conceptualization, image, you know, all these things. They said, get but the wrong kind, not the kind you watch your children practicing. Do you want your children to believe in a world with big bunnies uh, that might come and take your community resources and reappropriate them and that magic's going to fix that and then usually my mom says well actually it's not the magic that fixes it's the proper use of magic within a problem solving conduit but anyway usually like my mom just doesn't have patience for it this is all to say that this organization may independently exist, but at this point they'd sent out a version of this organization or the actual organization going, and they went to our teacher's house, uh, Professor Moose. And they did a one-two thing on old Professor Moose, who's really uh, like good at like, uh, you know, advocating for students. But they did a one-two, so they sent the organization first to this, uh, and they said, "Well, we're a, a group of concerned parents, and we know that uh, you know you, you you've been known to discuss Bards and Big Bunnies. We know that you played it as a youth, you know, for edition two or whatever. And uh, you know, we need to know what youth are currently playing Bards and Big Bunnies, so we can help uh, to balance the scales." And Professor Moose said, well, I don't really know. I'm, first of all, you're in my house uh, or my home. I don't know what, like, Professor Moose said, well, are you concerned parents locally? And they said, no, no, no. We're part, yeah, we're part of your gen- broader community. They said, well, whose parents are you? And they said, our children's parents. And your, ch- you know, it sounds like we have to parent more than just our children. And then Professor Moose tried to, you know, the same thing as my mom, but what they had in their back pocket was out of a van came Gerard, Gerard uh, the reporter, with cameras. Now, just like anybody, you assume the cameras are running live in real time. So Gerard said, Did you, hello, are you a teacher? Oh boy, holy cow, what is this you're teaching children? Did you hear what happened in Frufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufrufr
or a misaccounting of events about something that happened in Frufafrau, some forest community or something. I said, people play big bards and big bunnies in forest communities too. That's so cool. I wonder if any, like, uh, squirrels. I'd love to hang out. I'd love to have a squirrel as a friend. Not if any of my friends are listening. Don't worry. But Gerard played like a reporter that was more flash than substance. But really, the person playing the reporter was just brilliant. Because he said, oh boy, well, if only we had some examples, like you're saying, Professor, of children... Who had uh, like a, what if maybe what you're saying is right uh, that we need children that are using this game to learn resilience and self-esteem and problem-solving, world-building. You're saying that even uh, these children use some sort of like bards and big bunnies teaches them restorative methods of uh, like justice and and right and wrong and nuance. Uh, Wow, I'd love to interview them. Turn the cameras off. Let me just talk to Professor Moose. And then Professor Moose said, well, really, if you want to do that, yeah, if the cameras are off. And send those, par- those fake parents away. Like, uh, And Professor said, well, these are some of the students that have really, they see the benefit from playing Bards and Big Bunnies. Uh, and Gerard said, well, thank you, Professor. Wow, you've really... Uh, and then the vans drove off, uh, but really they were from the, the, the visitor center and the place beyond the swamp the whole time. And so what they did next was they, like, a professor told them Vaughn, LJ, and me, and uh, Willow. So then they started watching our houses uh, to find out if Billy was with us. That was their plan, and they had our houses watched out. Now, we had already left my house in the morning, and we had drove, rode, rode our water bikes over to uh, to LJ's house. To uh, Vaughn had come to my house and said, well, you need to go to LJ's house and apologize, because you raised your voice first and all that. Uh, we have to work it out. We have to stick together. But we went to LJ's, and LJ just really believed strongly in finding Willow and not using Billy, or then also I said, well, I said, listen, now it's wrong. And so can we go find Billy and then we'll find Willow? And then uh, I said, don't you, haven't you been listening? We're trying to find Willow, not trying to find Willow and LJ, or Willow and Billy. And Billy's the one that got us into this, that whole thing. And I said, well, I can't agree to that. I want to find, uh, and then LJ said, well, then if you'll excuse me, I'm going to prepare to go find my friend Willow. Hey, you can go find this Billy the duck-billed beaver that I don't find trustworthy. And I will go find our friend Willow, who apparently is my best friend, or at least I'm Willow's best friend by my actions. And so we headed off in our separate directions, but as we left, uh, we didn't register it, but in the back of LJ's mind, LJ registered that LJ saw a van that said that on the side of the van, uh, uh, whatever, Coba, 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 or whatever, concerned parents about Bart's and Big Bunnies. And it even had on the side of the van, like, the reverse, because sometimes, like, in the old school days, like, Professor Moose, they had, like, spray-painted vans with, like, cool Bart's and Big Bunnies 
girls spray painted on them. But uh, this one had uh, the reverse of like uh, children frowning, and so so it caught. Surprisingly, it didn't catch our eye. But and, and even LJ said, "Well, well, I guess parents are out looking for uh, comic books and Bart's and Big Bunnies." One move they would do if they had enough funding, which only happened after Gerard report, was they'd try to buy all the. Um, they'd go around, or they'd have a turn in. So you'd buy, like, we we're on the, the uh, edition number five. So what you could do is they didn't, you could tell they didn't know anything about the game because you could go to garage sales and build up your, this is free advice for anybody that's listening, and you build up your collection of first, and second, third, or fourth, so you could say, well, it's pretty cool, ephemeral to have, you know, to, uh, ephemera or whatever. But they would come and they'd offer like candy or gift certificates or toys, uh, and they say turn in your Bart's and Big Bunnies or your comic books. So, again, you can just get comic books you already read that aren't your favorites. You go, well, I read that once, so I don't need to read it again. So that's probably why LJ remembered it. But obviously, we had more things in our mind. Now let's see, Willow. Oh, well, well, not Willow, Billy. I'm having trouble with the names right now. Uh, Billy woke up, and Billy uh, had slept out in the, what we call darkened wood. Uh, the woods uh, the, the, you know, the woods where Willow took the path less taken. And the woods, they go pretty close to the road beyond the swamp. And Billy woke up, and then Billy was frowny, just like I was in some sense. Uh, and because Billy had felt like we were all becoming friends, and then Billy kind of had some self-blame for uh, making LJ run away, and you know, was saying, "Well, I don't want to go back to the place beyond the swamp, so I don't want to leave them there." But there was also something deeper going on with Billy. But you also have to remember, Billy's just a kid, just like us, middle school age, so not all wholly equipped to, to deal with all of this. And so first, Billy, like, you know, kicked some leaves and threw some acorns and looked at, like, in the, like, a, like a lake and said, frowny frown, or whatever, swamp. I know, we, like, we call it a lake, even though it's in a swamp. Because it's within, you know, you know what I mean isolated area of water and then Billy started to walk and think and as Billy started to walk and think one thinking about uh, like uh, that's morning time for sustenance but also thinking about flashing back to when Billy lived in the place beyond the swamp below the visitor center and that after Billy had discovered it was like the signs on the road and then the big sign that has a, like a, this tower of sorcery that went up and down. And then Billy had to kind of heard something as Billy had headed down. That this was a little bit after that and Professor Max Modine or whatever, yeah, is it Professor Max Modine? lab coat, uh, Fox uh, said, uh, okay, Billy, you gotta go. And 
make contact and go all the way down. We need to find out if this tower, the part of the tower growing da going down is organic or like what. But also like whatever this other being is and what's down there. We need to get to the bottom of it. So I need you to get to the bottom of it. And Billy said, I don't know. And Professor Max said, don't worry. I'm going to be here and you're going to be able to do it and it'll be just fine. And Billy said, oh boy. And then they went into the, like, uh, one of the places down below the visitor center that Billy had been before, this sonic chamber, like, uh, this big part of the, like, a lab. But it has this, like, sonic baffling that both, like, baffle sounds and sonically enhances them with Billy's powers. Like, it, when you're inside of it, it's so quiet that it's almost like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in someplace so quiet that it, it's not comfortable, but that's how quiet it is. But then also all noises are magnified. And you can't hear anything outside, but you could see outside, so it's just not, you know, especially for a kid who was slightly younger at this point than middle school. And also, there's tons of people, which normally is not the case, like observing from different greater swamp authorities and greater, uh, I don't even know, mammalian? I don't know. Uh, people with like uh, olive and navy and buttons on their suits. Lots of lab coats. And then also, it was a celebratory atmosphere. So they even had this band, the Rivertime Funtime Band, a famous, very famous band. And the band was playing the song, same song that Billy had sung, a science song. Uh, and then playing another song, You've Got the Power. And, and also, Billy said, Is there, Are they saying getting, it's getting, getting kind of hectic? Because, and she said to Dr. Max Modine, like, I'm getting kind of hectic with the singing. And Dr. Max said, Don't worry. Like, the band is just there to kind of keep our pop. Like, I thought you'd like it. And Billy said, I don't. And Dr. Max said, Why don't you get in the sound baffle barrier amplifier thingamajig? And just, you know, think of a lullaby. And then when you get there, you know, whatever it is, is sing it a lullaby, sing yourself a lullaby. You're going to be fine. This is all just sound-based projection. It's not real. And I don't want you to worry about it. Like, you do have the power, just like they said. And you, you can sing a lullaby and... Uh, like, uh, you'll be fine. Just go find out what you can and need you to do this for me, okay? And really, I care about you deeply. And, of course, I would only have you do this if it was necessary, uh, in my view, for the greater good of all the swamp and areas even beyond the swamp. And also because I'm intensely curious. And Billy said, okay, fair enough, I guess. And so Billy had got, started getting settled in the uh, baffling thing. And while Billy was doing that, uh, Leon and Francis had gone to the library to research Dr. Max and the visitor center and the road and the place beyond the swamp, which uh, Leon had already been there. 
Yeah, but they kind of dug a little bit deeper, and they kind of said, okay, Francis said, okay, this was after they, okay, here's what I found. Uh, this Dr. Max is big on these human theories. He's old, can, you know, it's kind of like uh, the idea that humans once walked the earth, and or maybe the road and the vehicles are holdovers from humans, or that humans are still around. They never really left. Uh, Leon said, well, hum it's been proven that humans were never real, I thought, uh, that it's all just a myth. Uh, and he said, well, I'm just telling you what this Dr. Max, this was in Dr. Max's younger days. Looks like Dr. Max was raised in a home like that, like had that as a belief system, and the humans uh, were part of it. Uh, but it, uh, then again, him, he, uh, Dr. Max took it to a different level. And Leon said, well, that's interesting, Francis, because what I've discovered is, like, some of the ways this uh, place is funded, it's funded by the Greater Swamp Authority and some other business, like, businesses, and it was just really strange. Like, some businesses that don't even believe in community resource sharing, that Dr. Max has been getting funding from both sides of, uh, like, a community, like, and even individuals that say, okay, we believe in the community and sharing and flourishing model, and those that believe in a more uh, defensive, uh, single-minded, all-or-nothing module... In some sense, this fox was like foxing both sides for funding and uh, seemed to be kind of doing investigations uh, based on, well, you, one, yeah, the, the idea that humans could exist was uh, like one thing, keeping the defensive side funding them, but also the possibility of what would, you know, what would, w, what would our community do they say, well, human, like, even in every human story, they don't like swamps. Uh, uh, and they said, well, that would make sense why they built that road through our swamp if their humans were real. Well, it's interesting because, uh, Francis said, because it looks like he, Dr. Max also had this rebellious side and, uh, like, like had a zine about bards and big bunnies, so like, as a, as a, as a teen or a university student and was big into the magic uh, and stuff like uh, like almost like a, like the zine is almost like a real historical accounting of Bards and Big Bunny's events even though it was a zine and Leon said well that's really interesting because uh, uh, that's what kind of work Dr. Max has been doing down there looks like is, is saying uh, okay like the whole thing about humans and then looking at different uh, non-swamp beings. Uh, so there's like a river dolphin that was they were working with for a long time down there. And uh, then something called a platypus or something. And that uh, from that doesn't even live even anywhere like those from thousands and thousands of miles away beyond an ocean. 
and a couple other ones. But the splatopus is like a mammal that lays eggs, but it's also it's a duck-billed beaver. Which brings up that question of, like, didn't someone say they I don't know, but uh, I guess there's something... Well, that's, well, I know exactly what you're going to say, because I was reading about that. Uh, so the the dolphin and the duck-billed beaver, they all have uh, either other systems or organs that have powers, uh, electro... Like uh, the the platypus, I think, in, in, like has a they 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 have the ability to detect things, uh, like almost like a, a beyond another organ and sense beyond what we have, uh, sight, sound, touch, smell, and taste. And uh, yeah, that there's a sound is a big part of that. Like a lot of them are based uh, or frequencies beyond that. The, yeah. Okay, that makes sense, uh, Francis, because they were doing work there. And, yeah, Matt mentions platypuses, and it looks like this one dolphin's name is Desiree. Uh, that quit and, 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 and even filed, like, uh, uh, like, uh, said, I don't, like, like, I don't, I never worked there. Well, do you think we could go talk to this uh, dol river dolphin? I, I think so. I managed, while we were talking about it, I looked it up. Uh, and yeah, the dolphins lives uh, not too far away. We, we could, if we get driving now, we could go check it out. Oh, oh one more thing is that uh, Baxter Max was also funding this uh, operation with music companies and other not affiliated nonprofits. Someone was looking into it, a reporter. But then they gave up. Uh, they were posting these anonymous blog articles. Okay, well, let's get to the bottom. Let's go look. Uh, let's go talk to this uh, dolphin. So they headed up to talk to the dolphin. And uh, meanwhile, uh, let's see, where should I start? So let's see, I could tell you that uh, LJ set out... Uh, and started uh, still using the electric uh, to tune it, electromagnetic tuning fork uh, to f follow the sympathetic vibration. And then LJ like uh, realized that it was heading towards the place beyond the swamp. And then LJ went to the gate of the tunnel that goes underneath the road that we're never supposed to go near. And LJ used a stick and stuff uh, to see if it could, the gate was locked, and LJ couldn't get the gate open. But it was definitely, and LJ was like, this is where Willow is. So then LJ crawled up the embankment towards the road. Now this road is like, holy cow, do not, uh, go, like, there's just some mysterious vehicles, uh, gigantic ones that just go on this road. And we're just told not to think about it, that it's something like we don't need to know about. And if we go on the road, there's no chance of telling when a vehicle's gonna come, so don't go there. And LJ knew all that, but LJ was determined to, to get to Willow and to the place beyond the Swamp, the Visitor Center and the Bog Walk. So LJ put LJ's ear to the road before crossing and then 
heard like something coming very fast and LJ heard it like uh, of course when you put your ear to something it seems closer than it is so LJ jumped uh, very fast up to the top of a sign the sign that says no stopping at any time for any reason animals you know not friendly in this area and at first LJ was going to climb back down because oh it's just my imagination or maybe somebody sneezing or something and then a giant truck came, and the only things LJ saw was that there was nobody driving it, no animal driving it, or mysterious human, and that the top of the truck also had these giant reflective panels, uh, which I could just tell you are solar panels, like that's how the trucks are powered, I guess. Uh, and then LJ climbed back down and got closer to the bog walk, uh, uh, ran across the road, climbed another tree uh, that saw down into the visitor center, uh, then uh, uh, Vaughn and I, we headed out, we were searching the woods and yelling, and say, hey, uh, Will, uh, Billy, where are you? And as we looked for Billy, the next thing we knew, the kids, uh, some of the kids from school that aren't nice that I told you about uh, that think they're in the River Bottom Fun Time Band and they act like that. Uh, weasels is really what they are. They found us uh, and they started chasing after us and they ran us all the way to a different part of the road. Uh, and this was at the same time, like. Uh, uh, like so, just like but we were so far away from where LJ was, we didn't know. It. So there was no vehicle. They said go up the road uh, uh, to me, and I said, well, I can't go up the road. And uh, like so, that was like pretty t intense. Now, meanwhile, oh, Bull and Francis went to talk to the river dolphin. They drove all the way out. Uh, I don't know if it was like a I don't know what the name of the place was, but it had like a, it was like a, like beyond the swamp where there was a deeper water, like technically a river within a swamp, uh, where this river dolphin lived. And eventually they like did some splashing and made some sounds. And they tried to talk to this Desiree the dolphin about it, but the, the dolphins can't sit still. And also, neither one of them spoke dolphin, and uh, Desiree didn't seem to want to communicate in uh, in uh, whatever common. Uh, but also, they said, "Wait a second, this—I uh, don't know." They got the sense that, uh, like, uh, Desiree had been through a lot dealing with the place beyond the swamp, because. Uh, Francis just like, just said, Jesus, my willow was like, uh, is there something, what happened there? And then the dolphin would like go backwards on its tail. And they said, well, please, so we're just trying to figure out where my willow is. And then the dolphin would splash, Desiree would splash them with the tail or shoot water at them. And they said, there's nothing cute about you flipping us off. You, you like flip off. Uh, so that was like kind of like fruitless other than the fact that uh, it planted a seed in Francis's mind. Now remember, all will be well. I only tell you these stories because all will be well. 
but it planted a, something in Francis' mind that she, what if, uh, I don't want Willow ending up like running around like a dolphin just splashing me. Like I thought dolphins were enlightened beings, uh, but uh, like it's also dolphins making farty sounds and stuff. Like a juvenile behavior from an adult river dolphin is I guess what Francis' exact words were and drive back. And as they drove back, they got a call on the radio. And Leon said, yeah, what is it? It was a community resource office. He said, yeah, we have a restorative case we have to work on. Uh, you know, amends need to be made. And, and we need you here to, 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 to help uh, mediate uh, or arbitrate as soon as possible. And Leon said, I don't even got time for it. Who's even involved? And they said, Dari. Uh, mostly, and, and Will's sister, and uh, then Lance said, oh boy, and then, you know, Francis said, oh daughter, now it's my daughter, and then uh, Tefe, they said, anyone else, and I said, Tefe the otter, the smooth otter, the smoothest otter in town, and Francis said, drive very quickly back there, please, so they headed back, now, also, Billy uh, was walking around. And Billy found one of the store, one of our community stores, uh, find and dine, uh, and Billy headed in there. And Billy kind of looked a bit different. Nobody's seen a duck-billed beaver before. Uh, Billy was also wearing like one of Tefe's warm-up suits, but it didn't fit, so he'd cut the. So like uh, people were staring at Billy. And Billy felt them staring, and also had never been in a, like a fine and dine, it's like a grocery store and an everything store. So Billy was looking for someplace, and then Billy came across a display uh, for for uh, pump, the pump up the jam pops, uh, the version Billy had seen an ad for pump up the jam dino pops. Uh, but it was like in it was like a and this is just strange synchronicity it was a tower uh, because of this month uh, coming up as the dino puffs pump up the jam was like the like a like a tie-in with Bart's and big bunnies and so billy went in there and hid in the tower it was a tower of uh, cereal boxes um, and Billy was looking at the backs of the cereal boxes, and then the manager was like, Excuse me, uh, are you a duck or a beaver? Um, can we help you? That's a display, you know, like Billy had already started to go back to when Billy started looking. Like, so Billy had discovered it was in the song, the signs, the singing the song, the tower. Uh, which was like this thing, it said, go see the wizard's tower, you know, or the source tower sorcery. And just like Billy's last visit, Billy went up, climbed up, and then went in the tower, and then headed down, and the tower was like, uh, it looked like it was originally supposed to be on the sign, uh, but it like had this crusty thing going down into the earth. Uh, and there was light, and Billy headed down there and headed deeper, didn't like it, but again, Dr. Max, Billy trusted Dr. Max, so Billy was humming a lullaby 
but Billy heard something and saw carriage and also sensed some aliveness beyond that, uh, uh, that something odd was happening. And Billy kept going, though, because Dr. Max, uh, like, had asked her to. And then Billy got down and headed in a direction and then started to hear some hopping, like uh, the tower or the tunnel had gotten bigger. And all will be well, and Billy kind of was singing a comforting lullaby. But then Billy sensed this bouncing coming towards, and Billy knew the bouncing had heard Billy. Now Billy was very smart, uh, so Billy sang and did knew she had these powers. So now Billy didn't know the game of arts and big bunnies, which is amazing. But Billy used this uh, power to do like this thing, like it called a mirroring spell or double image or something. I think it was uh, double image was the song. I don't know the song to be honest, but Billy sang a throat song that created like a mirror image or a, a, like an illusion image of Billy lying down sleeping but then billy covered like billy covered her herself in dirt uh, and kind of like curled up in a corner but as she was doing that she heard the the bouncing bunny it already started to echo billy's uh, lullaby so then billy got sleepy and fell asleep uh, hiding and uh, drifted off. Now, meanwhile, while Billy was drifting off in her flashback, the manager of the store was saying, young lady, come out, please, come out right now. And Billy was actually absentmindedly eating uh, Super Dino Puffs uh, Jam Edition from the box. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'm calling the community resource office. So Billy just grabbed four boxes at the base of the tower and the rest of the tower of the cereal tumbled over on the manager. You know, just light cereal. Uh, but enough that Billy started walking out of the store with four boxes of uh, Super Puff Dino, you know, Super Jam Dino Puffs or whatever. And then the manager said, oh, no, no, you're clean this up, blah, blah, blah. Then Billy sang Pump Up the Jam. And then the boxes, the jam started popping out of the boxes, and then that got all sticky, so it slowed the manager down. Billy left, headed out, uh, back into the woods uh, to eat his Super Dino Puffs. Uh, and as Billy was eating four boxes of Super Dino, you know, Billy was hungry. Uh, Billy drifted back into that memory because Billy had been asleep uh, from the the big bunnies uh, singing or lullaby singing, but then Billy started to hear the big bunny uh, very strong words, upset. Where did you go? And Billy woke up uh, and op opened one eye and saw the bunny that her image was fading. The spell had worn off, and the big bunny was not happy about it. Like the big bunny had gone from curious to, and it also had. Goose. It was not just a bunny, it was also a goose. And then Billy must have like opened, Billy just barely moved, and then the bunny turned, and the goose, two goose heads looked at Billy. And as a middle schooler, this is already a strange situation, Billy did not like that. 
and Billy's reaction having powers was to use her powers all at once and she kind of created now I don't know this for a fact uh, but Billy saying at the same time in her throat from a distance uh, going out of coming out of the dark and groove is in the heart uh, all at once while she was running forward so I don't know if Billy was creating a sonic drill or melding whatever this was that she was in because we have from reading the Southern Swamp trilogy we wonder even though Billy was in according to Dr. Max just in an image a sound-based image Billy was also in a physical place uh, which is a bit complex to understand until you accept the theory that there's multiple universes uh, so really, Billy was in the universe, like the soundless realm, even though there was sound there. Like, uh, but Billy was, so Billy wasn't just tunneling through the sound realm. She was tunneling through the space in between the universes. I can explain this to you so you know that all is well. Uh, to get back to where Billy thought Billy was going to be most secure which was Dr. Max, but Billy was actually already with Dr. Max, so she was only using her mind and powers. So within the, um, the, the, the room that she was in, with the, below the swamp, all of a sudden, like, everything started shaking. And I don't know how, how far this was, but pretty far. That's what's kind of mind-bending. And meanwhile, also the big bunny, the goose bunny, was following Billy. Uh, and so basically Billy opened up uh, and not just one but like because also there was like places where there was bedrock or whatever so Billy had to go around or tree you know tree roots I don't know it wasn't like from point A to point B and then the hole like opened inside the lab uh, now luckily uh, there was ectoplasm involved so it kind of sealed itself kind of uh, and of course, Dr. Max said, well, that's uh, impressive and strange and odd. And Billy said, what in the heck just happened? I thought you said I, all would be well, Dr. Max. Uh, now I need a nap. But as Billy was like, like in this drift back, she heard us running from the bullies. Uh, and so she headed towards them. And while she saw the bullies kind of talking me towards the road, uh, that was when the vehicle just happened to be coming. And I had stepped out there, not even thinking, like I was just like more focused on the bullies. But Billy also uh, was there. And so Billy floated me up in the air to fly. That's how I saw the back, I saw the um, solar panels. I said, those are like in the science magazine. As the truck went under me, and then uh, uh, Billy cast some sort of a song of perpetual, the crying game or something, and the two, the, the, the weasels, so they couldn't stop crying. So they went home crying. Uh, and Billy took me down, and I helped Billy, because Billy was exhausted. And they said, let's go back to my house. And we'll all go in the blanket for it and sleep. And so we headed back, but then while we we're headed back, uh, 
Billy said, you know, that I'm the one that opened it, like uh, the big bunny, goose bunny is here because of me. It's all my fault. And they said, don't worry, Billy, we'll figure this out together. It's not all your fault. And Billy said, actually, it is. But really, it's Dr. Max's fault. I mean, come on. But as we went into my house, the uh, the people from the, the place beyond the swamp were watching because they were watching from the van, the anti-Big Bunny's van. Now, just while that was happening, they were like calling in to the lab, to the place beyond the swamp, and saying, "Hey, get everybody together, get as many vans and, and as many uh, non-soft power authority figures you have, and get over here. We found the duck-billed beaver." Well, they knew it was a platypus, uh, but LJ was watching at this time, so LJ saw them all go out. Uh, and uh, get into vans. Some of the vans were labeled uh, parents against big bunnies or whatever, and that's when LJ made the connection. Wait a second, they were parked out in front of my house too. They must be headed back. Uh, this must be related to my friends and Billy. And so LJ headed out to run back to let us know. Uh, and we had headed back uh, to, to get some rest. And so that's a good place for all of us to rest, I think, for right now, is to rest and uh, we'll be back. I'll be back to tell you more odd things soon, but all will be well. And all of us, I'm here right now telling you the story, relaxed and calm, so you know that you're well and all will be well, as well as can be, because odd things happen. But it's okay, because I'm at my honor here talking to you. Good night.